Hi there. So welcome to podcast number nine. Today, we're going to meet my teacher, mentor, and friend, Jean-Marie Palillo. And she'll be on here talking a little bit about her new program and kind of the story of how she got to to this program of kind of creating it for herself and, and now for you. <laughs> so she'll be on in a minute. But before we get there, I want to share a couple of things that are happening over at Nomadland. So my Movement 109 class that's happening through December 20th over at Bar, Body, and Soul. And that's in New Windsor, New York, if you're here in the Hudson Valley. I'll be leading that series. We have a couple more weeks. Yeah, gosh, next week is already December 20th. It's crazy. So only two more weeks, but then I have a bunch of other dates happening over at Bar, Body, and Soul and a couple other dates happening at Beacon Yoga. So stay tuned. Maybe I'll have that for you guys next week. So that's happening. And next week we have our 300 hour uh, nomad graduates. So our new nomad teachers will be leading our winter solstice that's happening on December 21st. It's a Friday, December 21st from 6 to 9 p.m. And um, yeah, I'm excited. It's a really beautiful space at Cosm Chapel of Sacred Mirrors in Wappinger Falls. So if you're nearby, please come. It's a very special event. We did this last year for our graduates and we're going to do it this year for our new graduates and our uh, other nomad teachers. So come over. You can reserve your tickets over at um, at Nomad, but also nomadalwaysathome.com or you can also go directly to to the Cosm's website. So those are the two things that are happening right away. And then if you're interested in diving into the teaching path, I'm leading my um, teacher trainings, two teacher teacher trainings in January. So a month intensive happening over at Riverstone Yoga. They have an early bird special that's ending December 15th. So check it out, sign up, come join me. It's a really awesome experience with myself and a number of really awesome awesome guest teachers. Um, Patricia Fisher put this together and she's run a very successful program over the years. And I'm really excited that I get to join their teacher trainings uh, team and leading it. (laughs) So you can find out more over at riverstoneyoga.com. And I'm also leading a teacher training for active duty veterans, cadets, and um, anybody who's interested in working with the military community over at West Point from January to April, are, that starts January 12th. So if you're interested in that, we're also giving away partial scholarships for veterans or active duty. If you're interested in becoming a teacher with us, um, we're able to award you a scholarship, a partial scholarship. So you can find out about the program and about that partial scholarship and apply over at Nomad always at ohm.com. What else? I think that's it. I think that's it that's happening in Nomadland right now. And oh yeah, this is a busy week because I'm gearing up to graduate my 300-hour trainees who will soon be Nomad teachers. Really excited and so, so proud of them. They've been doing amazing work and I know that um, this weekend is going to be another beautiful leg in their, their path. So 
yeah, for now, let's, I'll turn it over to our interview with my teacher and friend and mentor, Jean Marie. She's really wonderful. She has a lot to share and I hope you enjoy this. All right. Enjoy. Hello, friends. So today we have one of my teachers, Jean Marie Palillo. Hello. And uh, we're going to share a little bit about what's going on with you and your new project. So, um, yeah, I haven't really studied with you for for a while because you used to teach in the city mm-hmm. and at Yoga Works, yeah. and I was one of your students for many years. You were a student. You mentored with me, and then you assisted. How many trainings of mine did you assist? I just did one, and then yeah. I opened and up the roundhouse. Opened, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, I parted ways by mm-hmm. moving up here and doing my thing, and then you've been on sort of an adventure, and I'm kind yes. of, I know it, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more about yeah. that and how it kind of brought you to where you are today. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I, um, I was in the corporate world for 20 years, and for 10 of those years, I, I sang professionally in the dive bars of Manhattan, which I'm very, very proud of. <laughs> and then I left the corporate world to teach yoga full time and really quickly went into teaching teacher trainings and did that for 10 years, which I never anticipated doing. So I taught 35 200-hour <laughs> trainings, which... <laughs> And that was just the 200 hours. That was just the 200 hours. Yeah, you did 300 hours. I did 300. I mentored for a while in the 300. And and I just stopped teaching training this past March because I was um, getting married. I'll get back to that. And (laughs) realized that, you know, yoga, teaching yoga was never my end goal. What I was interested in was really being a part of helping people transform themselves. And yoga was the tool that I was using at the time. Mm -hmm. But I started finding really quickly through my own exploration and my own studies that my, what I was really interested in was really just helping people figure out what worked for them. And one of the ways that I did that was by writing a book called Vibathon, Creating Your Life from the Inside Out, which... Mm -hmm. Um, was really an exploration, a 28-day program in how you go from changing the way you're thinking about things into actually creating them for yourself. And so that was the first step. And around four years ago, no, five years ago now, right as I was launching that book, literally the weekend that I was launching Mm -hmm. that book, Chris McFadden came into my life, who or came back into my life, who was, Chris was somebody who I dated. We grew up together, and we dated right after college, and it was one of those things that was a, a short relationship that then he went this way, and I went that way, and, and he went on to have a get married and have a family and everything, and I went into the city and did all my stuff, and then the weekend of my book launch, um, we reconnected, and within a minute of seeing each other, both realized <laughs> that this was this was it. Yeah. So I went from thinking that I was going to really market the book and everything to now I'm in this relationship and the relationship really was powerful enough that it, it kind of took over everything. And so a year later, after having lived in New York City for 28 years... I 
packed up and moved down to Southwest Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Roanoke, Virginia. And yeah, different landscape. <laughs> different landscape. My apartment, I had a rent-stabilized apartment in New York for 24 years that looked out over a Benihana's. <laughs> and, and now I live in this beautiful house that overlooks the Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah. You know, So life changed completely. And I started going through my own process of, uh, I don't want to say transformation because it wasn't transformation. I went through my, my own process of what the hell do I do now? Because yeah. when I left New York, one of the things that I realized was that I really wanted to move more towards the whole idea of helping people transform themselves and move a little bit away from teaching yoga. I just t taught yoga for a long time yeah. and way too much. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I got down there, I taught a little bit, but it really was a feeling of, of having the rug pulled out from underneath me because I left my, my home, I left my family, I left my community, mm -hmm. I left my job, I left, I left everything. Mm -hmm. And I free-falled for a little while then went back into teaching training because even though it wasn't really what I wanted to do, it was easy. Yeah. And it was something that I could do and it was a security blanket, right? Mm -hmm. So how long was that gap? I didn't teach training for, it was only, maybe it was a year. Okay. Maybe it was a year. But I don't think that I had been down in Virginia for a full year when I went back. Yeah. Um, I think it was only like six months from okay. when I went down to Virginia. And when I started teaching the training again, I really, that was when I really kind of codified or coalesced for myself that I didn't really care about teaching people yoga. I just like <laughs> to see the transformation that they went through, right? Mm -hmm. So I started toying with the idea of coaching and getting into coaching. And did a training for coaching. And after I started coaching for a while, I started to go into, I'm tangenting off right now, sorry. Okay. I started to, to think about coaching from the standpoint of the age that I'm in and what I was starting to go through in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So what I was going through in my life was I was in my mid-50s, well, not then, but I was like 53, mm -hmm. and I started to realize, okay, I was doing this career for 10 years, and I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not ready to retire. Mm -hmm. I can't retire, mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that anymore, so what do I do now? Yeah. I had made this huge shift in where I was living. I was, for the first time, and honestly, for the first time in my life, in a real relationship, mm -hmm. and that was a completely different thing. And I started looking at the people who were around my age that were going through a lot of the same thing or some different things like empty nest. Mm -hmm. There were people who were redefining relationships for themselves. There were a lot of women who were going through that whole thing of leaving a job but not being ready to retire. Mm -hmm. People who wanted to leave who were asking me because I had made this big transition and they wanted to know how they could do it too. And so I started to toy with the idea of creating an online program mm. because a lot of the women that I was talking to really wanted to have the experience of figuring out what they do next in their lives. 
but they were resistant to doing coaching for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, because coaching can be expensive. Yeah. And so that was prohibitive. Or they had the money, but it wasn't necessarily something that they would spend a lot of money on in terms of themselves. And in the same vein, because they were pretty together, and if they had something that they could bring themselves through, they would get the transformation that they wanted, but they could do it on their own terms. Okay. And that was the thing. That was the big piece of the puzzle, because I like to coach people, but I'm really excited that I've created a program that allows women to go through it on their own and yeah. get that same thing, and it makes it available to everybody. Yeah, it's accessible. It's accessible, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's called Creating the Blueprint for Your Third Act yeah. because this piece of life, this phase, is very different than what we've experienced before, meaning you used to go like my dad. He worked for 35 years at his job. Mm -hmm. Same job, he went up through the ranks, he ended at top, and then he retired, right? We don't live in that kind of a world anymore. We don't, yeah. People are living longer. There isn't the same um, loyalty to companies or companies to, to employees. So you're not necessarily seeing people work for that long period of time. People are, are having kids later in life, so their kids are leaving mm -hmm. the nest later in life. And then there's this chunk of time where I've heard people say, you know, all of a sudden it's just me and my husband and we're like, <laughs> now what, you know? Yeah. So I call this the third act. Yeah. And the third act in the same way that the third act when you are doing a play, the third act is when everything happens, mm -hmm. right? At the intermission, something big has happened, mm -hmm. right? And you go back and you're like, what's going to happen? But the third act is when everybody starts to come to terms with things, when things start to get resolved, where yeah. there's, there's movement forward. And so the third act is a six-module online program mm -hmm. that brings women for the first three modules through a real deep inventory of themselves and their entire backstory. Mm -hmm. And then from there, brings them through the process of defining purpose, of defining their statement, their mission statement for the next phase, and then of going through every area of life and defining first a big picture, mm -hmm. and then getting them into actually setting goals for that sector of their life and then action plans for it. So I lead them from really understanding and not just understanding, but fully celebrating yeah. who they are because I think a lot of women are just going forward so often and so much that they don't have a chance to look back. Yeah. And so to really honor and to really be like, yeah, I am all that. And then to take mm -hmm. that and to actually make this next phase, which I think being 55 now, I feel like I'm just getting started. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm, you know, slowing down or anything. I feel like this is going to be the most creative, the most successful, the most um, interesting part of my life. Yeah. So I... Um, 
I'm really excited about it. I'm excited too. How how long do you think this process? Because it sounds like something that they can do on their own. Mm-hmm. How long is do you would it do you think it typically will take? I think that from anybody who's doing it should carve out a couple of months to get through it. Okay. Honestly, because I think that when I created it, I created so each module has a workbook attached to it. Mm-hmm. There's at the beginning of each module there's a video and the video is just me talking about what that module is about. Mm-hmm. Then there's a workbook and the workbook brings them through all of the exercises that's going to um, bring them to a deeper understanding or to get them planning, mm-hmm. right? And I did cuz I created all of the workbooks. I did all of the work of the workbooks as I was mm-hmm. creating it because I realized I really needed to do this myself. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I created it. And the work of the workbooks can be really enlightening if you take the time with them, mm-hmm. right? So you can go through and kind of get it done quickly, but I would encourage people to take their time with it. Yeah. There's, I'm going to be dialoguing with people throughout it. I'm going to set up a, a private Facebook page okay. so people can dialogue through there. And I'm also offering the opportunity, say if there's a module that somebody feels really stuck on mm-hmm. and they want to set up a one-on-one session with me, they can do that at an added cost. If they, yeah. want, if they want to be coached through the entire program, yeah. I'll do that with them too, but that's going to bump up the cost a lot. Yeah, of so course. there's going to be a lot of support, um, I think, available through both dialoguing with me and through the Facebook. Group. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Can uh, and can you talk a little bit about Vibathon and and is there any sort of influence in yeah. this program? Yes, it's actually I, it's actually a part of it. Awesome. Yeah. So I've one done of it the, like three or four times. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. every time I do it, I transform something yes. in my life. Yeah. So uh, the Vibathon is the book that I created. It's a 28 day program on creating your life from the inside out. So looking at the way that we're thinking about things and the, the more subliminal texts that we're talking to ourselves um, about the things that we're looking to create and how that either is going to allow us or prohibit us from creating in our yeah. lives. And it brings it brings people through that process over the course of 28 days. In the the mid in the third act, creating the blueprint for your third act, in the modules, starting with the third module and then going through the rest, we have what's called the digging deeper section. Okay. And the digging deeper section is a reimagining of the presentation that I have attached to the Vibathon that I did in all of my trainings for the last four years that I did trainings. And it talks about what perception is, what creativity is, why it's so hard to create, how the mind works, mm-hmm. and then what I call the steps of vibing. Yeah. So that women are not only getting the, the workbooks and the coursework to create, but they're also starting to understand the vibrational piece of the puzzle and how we actually do create our lives by changing the way we're not only talking to ourselves about things, but believing things Mm -hmm. and feeling about things. And then um, I bring more of the Vibathon in at the very end. 
cool. Yeah. How, can you talk a little bit about like, your story of how you got to the Vibathon and then also how you eventually got to this point with the third act? Like where yeah. were you in your life and why did you want to bring this to light to other people? Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting. I realized that I create these things because I need them, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and I had been learning about, I had a woman who was, for all intents and purposes, my coach mm-hmm. for a long period of time. She wasn't, but we talked like that a lot. And she was teaching me all about the law of attraction and um, and changing the way I think in order to create what I wanted and everything. And mm-hmm. she was really instrumental in me leaving the corporate world. Because when was, it was this? Oh, this was before you left this to teach? This was before okay. I left, yeah. So I would say I started working with her I mean, it's actually very funny. She was an astrologist, and she, somebody recommended me to her. And I called her and went to leave a message, and her voice sounded very familiar. <laughs> and she called me back, and then I called her back, and it clicked in my mind. And I said, I don't know if this is Ginny, who is Lee's mother, but this is Jean Marie. She was the mother of one of my best friends from high school. <laughs> And so she called me and she was like, yeah, this is me. And I was like, okay, oh, well, whatever this woman I love it. has to tell me, I'm going to listen to. Yeah. So we, we started really um, working together. And when I left the corporate world, I was teaching and I was teaching a lot. And I was also working with um, what I had called the Vibathon. And I created the word Vibathon because I was having a really hard time creating something. And I was talking to her, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to have a vibe-a-thon about it. And she was like, great, what's that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and it was, so for a month, I just supercharged my thoughts. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I looked at my thoughts, I looked at the way I was feeling about things, and it was a significant improvement at the end of that month-long period of time that allowed me to take the steps to actually leave, leave the corporate world. Mm. So I always knew I wanted to bring it to the public and one Saturday I was teaching a Saturday morning class and it was a big group there was like 45 people in the Mm -hmm. room and I just said without thinking about it I said do you believe that you can have whatever you want in your life and I saw like these very sleepy heads starting to (laughs) pop up and like huh yeah like what that's not true and it was a moment where I split into two because I was saying these things and there was a part of my, like I literally heard, exactly. I literally heard a part of me saying, Jean Marie, shut up, shut up. And (laughs) I've been there. And I said, you know, I've got this idea, this thing that I I did for myself called Vibathon. And I think I want to do it with you guys and just test it out and see what happens. And Really, the voice in my head was like, you are such an idiot because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And so I told the group, I said, I'm going to put a piece of paper up here. If you want to do it, it's going to be free of charge. Just give me your email address and it'll start tomorrow because Sunday was going to be the first day. Okay. And, and you know, during the rest of the class, in oh, your yeah. mind, it's like, oh, tomorrow's the first day. Yeah. And <laughs> as I'm saying that, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's easy. Nobody's going to, they don't yeah. even know what you were just talking about. They just, <laughs> they think you're insane. So I had 35 email addresses at the awesome. end of the class. And I was like, fuck. 
you know, because I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And so I went home and I wrote what is the, the week one chapter yeah. of the Vibathon. That night. That night. And I sent it out the next day and then it was like, I don't know what the hell to say next. <laughs> but then I got emails from people asking me questions. And so, and the questions were kind of similar. Yeah. And so the next day addressed those questions and it just started feeding itself. Yeah. And so we did it for a month and... And you did it all through email. Did it okay. all through... There was no such thing as... as um, oh, yeah, we didn't have Facebook. Blogs yeah. or... No, no, yeah. none of that. Yeah. And it really... Every Sunday was a week chapter and then the days were just like little inspiration or answering a question or something like that. And people, I, it was crazy powerful for people. Yeah. There were people that, that wound up getting pregnant. There were people that, that got, there was one woman who was afraid. She really wanted to sing and she was terrified of it. And she went into the studio and recorded. And she's still out there <laughs> touring now, That's like awesome. what, 10 years later. So... It was very successful, right? Yeah. And then I did it as a workshop. And that's when I joined it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that and was then amazing. after that, one of the things that I was personally looking to manifest in my life was making money teaching yoga, making enough money to yeah. pay my bills. Let's yeah. be clear. Yeah. There's no such thing as making money <laughs> teaching yoga. Yeah. And so I started teaching trainings. And as I started teaching trainings, I started really immersing myself in the philosophy because I was teaching it a lot. And I started to see a lot of parallels between the philosophy mm -hmm. of yoga and what I was talking about with vibing. Mm -hmm. And that was very interesting to me. Um, I had always wanted to write the Vibathon as a book. And so I started putting those pieces of the puzzle together, but then I started adding research into it. So I started researching, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm very smart here, but it really, <laughs> I you love are saying, very yeah, smart. but I love saying it because it's like, I started, I started to research quantum physics <laughs> and quantum physics, neuroscience. Yeah. I got a certificate in applied positive psychology and I added a lot of that information to it. Um, the philosophy of yoga and I think that's I think that's kind of it. Yeah. But I put it all together and I started to see that there was a there were was scientific evidence that was supporting your experience. My experience and supporting the the philosophy of yoga. Yeah. And so I put it all together in the form of the book. Yeah. And I self-published the book. Yeah. And um and that was, and then, yeah, and then was, magic happened. And then the magic happened, yes. Well, and I, I mean, I was fortunate enough because I got to do the second round when you right. did the workshop. So I think we did. That's so funny. I think we must have done Saturday or Sunday. We did Sundays. We Sunday did classes. Classes, and, was and then the we'd get chakras, an email. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And yeah, so then we got the, those emails. It was mm -hmm. probably a similar format yep. that you did. Yep. And I, my intention was, uh, I was a professional dancer prior to that, right. and I sort of retired. And mm -hmm. I kind of share this in another podcast, but uh, that was that was what I decided was okay. Here I am. I think I was thirty at the time, mm -hmm. or was about to be thirty. Yeah. I thought oh, I need to dance again, mm -hmm. and and I went in, and I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, but I cut my hand like the second or third week. Why do I remember that? I do remember <laughs> that. And 
And it was so funny because right where, and you can kind of see too, uh-huh. but right where I cut it, I cut it on a can. <laughs> and I remember coming in. I do in, remember this. I did it on a Saturday and I was, and I had to go get stitches and yeah. I came in and I was all banded up. Like I can't do anything in class, but you know, we, we may do. And, right. and I just remember you saying things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And when I got the stitches off and I looked and I mean, it continued this line and I looked at what that was on the palm uh-huh. and it was like your life, your creativity line. Oh, wow. And I thought, whew, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just continued that journey for, I think I had given myself a year mm-hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to dance again and, you know, audition and mm-hmm. try singing. Cause I had never done that right. in the musical theater. And I swear it was like a year mm-hmm. to that day. I really got my first, like my real job that yeah. kind of spun into this whole other like yeah. couple of years of it. And so yeah. that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I got to do it again when you were self-publishing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had you actually at the Roundhouse. Yeah, I came up for a weekend. Yeah, and you hadn't great. published it yet. Right. So I did a little bit of it again, mm-hmm. but then you had your first draft, I think, like that spring. Yep. When I was going through my divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was yet again, perfect. it came right at the perfect time yeah. for me, and it really did. I mean, and what I love about it so much is that, yes, there was magic, but I did a lot of the work. It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, like um, The Secret, right? right? The Law of Attraction. There yeah. was so much work to go into it, yeah. and everything was so accessible. Yeah. You know what you're saying, quantum physics and right, neuroscience. Right, right. Yes, there are these, you know, these topics that Mm -hmm. you were diving deep into, but you made it so accessible. And I've given this book to so many people and I share it in my teacher trainings now. And that's what everybody says too, is that you make it feel feel like it's possible with that knowledge. Because I think knowledge is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of liberation in that, Mm -hmm. of of understanding the brain and understanding the philosophy. And even if you don't believe in yoga philosophy, if you don't study it, you can still get something out of it. Uh, So I absolutely love it. And I'm so grateful you you found your way that that's but that's exactly what I'm the product of my mom who is who has a very deep faith and is is um, very dedicated to to her practice of religion and everything and my dad who was extremely practical mm-hmm. you know and I'm that's exactly what's always been important to me is just because again remember why did I do this? I did this for myself. Yeah. I'm glad to share it with everybody. I really did it because I wanted to understand. No, no, no. On a practical, from a yeah. practical standpoint, that's why both in the book and in creating the blueprint for your third act, the practical steps are what's most important to me. And not just, yes, because visioning and imagining is the first step, mm-hmm. right? But you, there's a great quote, and I can't remember off the top of my head who it's by, but if, you, if you're on a, if you have a great idea, oh, I can't remember it right now, but it's something about, <laughs> it's something back. about if you're, if you have a great idea and if you just sit there, you'll get run over, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, the the biggest part of i think the whole law of attraction and people's abilities to create beyond their current parameters of being able to create 
isn't just about opening themselves up to possibility. Mm-hmm. It's about then doing something. Yeah, showing up too. And it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do something. I When I um, finished teaching training, you know, I had, it was March when I finished teaching trainings, and then we were getting married the end of May, and it was a small wedding, but not a small wedding. We had like 85 people, mm-hmm. but it was both of our families coming in from all over to Virginia for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I are very, we really love to throw a good party. Mm -hmm. So from March until the wedding, my job was to become an event planner, you know, and I really, I really dove into that. So it wasn't until after, after the wedding that I realized I don't have anything Mm -hmm. now and I've worked my entire life. Mm -hmm. So to be in that space where all of a sudden that big part of my identity is gone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I started really kind of spiraling down, which Mm -hmm. was strange because I had just gotten married and, you know, this thing and everything, but I was really not in a great place at all. Before we get there, Mm -hmm. can we kind of, because I'm I'm interested because I sort of know the story, Mm -hmm. but in terms of that process when you were going through the Mm Vibathon, and I remember you were manifesting, working on Mm -hmm. a relationship... And then, like you said, the, that weekend. That's insane because I will, I will <laughs> say, and I haven't, I don't think I've even told him this, but I, st- I realized kind of recently that because he was, you know, it was one of those relationships that was, was very short and sweet. Mm-hmm. But In college. He, it was right after college. college. And he, but he made a huge impact on me because he was very charismatic and he was very kind of larger than life and everything. And he really, I was very introverted at the time and he kind of really drew me out. And so I went through life and I had, I had a series of, you know, very stupid relationships and <laughs> they were what they were, but. And you grew from that. And I, I grew from them. <laughs> and, but then I would say while I was writing the Vibathon, I wasn't with anybody. I wasn't interested in being with anybody. I actually had decided to myself, maybe that's just not going to happen and maybe mm-hmm. I'm just meant to be. And I was actually really good with that. Yeah. But I did start vibing on if there was a kind of a man, what kind of a man. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I started thinking about him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wondered. Like as the archetype. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of wondered where he was and everything. But I didn't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then the year before we actually got together, I was his stepbrother, who I'd grown up with as well, friended me on Facebook because he was just trying to, he's, uh, he's the bass player for um, New Riders of the Purple Sage. Okay. And he was trying to build his audience. Or? Obviously, yeah. because I don't think we ever talked. <laughs> and so there was that connection and that came in as I was kind of, I wasn't, I wasn't like, ooh, I'm vibing on Chris. You know, right. it was just this thing. He was kind of around me a little bit. And so that happened and then uh, it was... In July, it was in July because I was teaching a training, and I remember I was on I was on Facebook, and I just I saw a post that his stepbrother had put up, and I saw there's Chris McFadden's name giving it a thumb up, and I was like, well, that's really interesting. I hadn't seen or talked to him in twenty, I think it was twenty eight years, and um, 
And so I, I sent him a friend request, which he considers that I was stalking him. That's what he says. He was like, yeah, she stalked me. No, I sent him a friend request. And, On social media. Yeah, and he accepted it. And then we said hello to each other. And he asked for my phone number. And we got on the phone. It was either that, I think it was that night. Mm -hmm. And after not talking for 28 years, we were on the phone for two and a half hours. And it was very clear to me when we got off of the phone that that was it. Mm -hmm. But he was involved in another relationship. Mm -hmm. So for a year, we just stayed in touch and we got to know each other as friends and everything. And then when he was ready. Yeah. And when you were ready, you know, when I was ready, yeah. It sounded like the timing was just exactly Mm -hmm. when it needed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't force anything. No. That's that's the part that I get caught up in mm-hmm. the vibeathon too. Is I always say the death grip. Yeah. Because I know what I want finally. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I don't even know what I want. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I finally decide what I want, and mm-hmm. I do the, you know the exercises that are there mm-hmm. for myself and meditate and. But then all of a sudden it's like, I need to have this. Right. Right. And you <laughs> and being able to relax. Yeah. Into and it. there's something really beautiful about about knowing when you're starting to tense up like Mm -hmm. that and understanding that that's your ego trying to take over and make something happen when there's actually bigger forces at play. Yeah. You know, and it really is. It's not, it's not magic and it's not, it's not fairy dust or anything like that. It literally is that there are times when things need to happen before you can fully be in the experience of something. Yeah. And that if you force it, yeah. It's that feeling of forcing a round peg into a square hole. Yeah. And you know when it's happening. Yep. Right? Yeah, you feel it. Because it doesn't feel good. No, it does mm-hmm. not feel good. No. So then, so kind of taking us back to where you were your, with your wedding, you were saying you're starting. Mm-hmm. So here you are, kind of fast forward you. Yeah. The Vibathon, you continued yeah. your so I journey was, there. Yeah. So got I was, married. I have to say, I was very um, disengaged from the Vibathon. I was very, I was using it as part of my training. Mm-hmm. And I would give, it was funny because I would give a copy to each of my trainees and as they were going through the training, they would be like, this is the best book and this is great and everything. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And I was doing the presentation with them throughout the course of the training and every once in a while I'd read a part of it to read it out loud if we were discussing something and as I'd be reading it, I'd be thinking to myself, wow, this is really good. <laughs> I should read this again because I was just... Oh, yeah, I wrote it. I was very much in the place of just kind of living my life. Mm -hmm. And I was meditating. I meditate every day. I was meditating. That was consistent. But but I I was not connected to the vibrational potentials. Mm. the way that I had been for a really long time. And I started to feel that more and more and more. And I didn't have, I didn't have work that I was doing. I knew I wanted to create the blueprint for the third act, but I couldn't get myself going on it. I Mm. like, I had no mojo at all. And it was, I was very good at doing laundry and running errands and stuff like that. Mm. But sitting down at my computer and actually creating something, I felt, I really felt who the hell do you think you are? Mm. That was exactly what I felt like. You, who are you to tell these, to tell people or to create something that people are going to want to do? It was all of that stuff. And it was so, um, 
That's the same voice you had that day in the class when yeah. you said, oh, I'm going to vibe. Who right. the hell do you think Right, you but I had nobody, yeah. but I had nobody that I was talking to yeah. to say the other stuff, right? Yeah. So it just became, and I started getting more frustrated, which meant that my husband started getting more frustrated and... He was frustrated because he knows that I'm supposed to be doing something. Mm. I mean, it really was that simple. And then we finally, around August, we had... Now, Chris and I, we fight. That's just... It's part of our relationship. We're (laughs) very feisty, and that's just what we do. But we really had... It was a a Saturday, and we had a knockdown drag out. And it really (laughs) turned out to be due to both of our frustration over the fact that I wasn't doing anything. Mm. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing my part, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I knew it, and he knew it, but we came to, we came to blows, <laughs> and something just snapped inside of me. And I grabbed, now you know, yes. I don't drink. Yes. <laughs> I barely drink. And I went into the living room, and I got a huge glass, and I poured myself a big glass of wine, and his daughter was still smoking at the time, and she had left her cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah, I don't smoke either. And I grabbed two of her cigarettes, and I went out on the front porch, and I guzzled the glass of wine, and I smoked one of the cigarettes. And he came outside, Chris came outside, and he just looked at me, he was like, you're smoking? And I gave him this look that he was just like, okay, I'm just going to leave you be. And I went inside. I poured a second glass of wine. I had the second cigarette. And then I went downstairs to his, like, man cave (laughs) where we have a bar. And I decided it was time to move on to shots of mezcal. So (laughs) I started doing shots of mezcal. And at this point... By yourself. By myself. Because at this point, Chris was like, I just, I don't know what's happening. But I'm I'm just going to leave you to it. Our poor cat, she followed me downstairs and just, she had the most confused look on her face. Like, why is this happening, mommy? And so I started doing shots and I didn't smoke anymore, thankfully. But I took my, we had playlists that we had made for our wedding. We had a really, really great dance playlist. And I put the playlist on and I put it on really, really loud. Mm -hmm. And I just started dancing. And I danced and drank. I know Chris (laughs) came down and put food out for me at one point, but I don't remember seeing him. Like a trough there. Yes, I think he just like threw it in like he would throw it to a cat and just (laughs) ran back upstairs. And and something very cathartic happened because by like three hours in, I went from anger and frustration and really not knowing what I was going to do to starting to feel like myself again Mm -hmm. and starting to feel myself specifically as somebody who does have something to say, Mm -hmm. somebody who does have something to share, somebody who has done things that make me somebody that, yes, maybe there is something more that I have to create. Yeah. And... It really, it really was a feeling, and yes, there was a lot of mezcal involved, but <laughs> there really was a feeling of something lifted. Yeah. You know, and I really, I remember 
saying to myself very clearly at one point, you know what, Jimmy, you just, it's time to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time for you to just do it. Yeah. And it was probably not the next day because the next day, Jimmy didn't feel very well. <laughs> but it was probably two days later yeah. that I started really working on yeah. the program. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I think we spoke about this, of how this podcast is called The Space In Between, and that night was your space in between. You know, it was building and building, and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's rock bottom, but it was this huge It was, it was kind of rock bottom for me. It really was. I was really, um, I don't think that I've ever felt, I think maybe I had felt that way because when I left the corporate world, three weeks after I left the corporate world, my mm-hmm. dad died. And mm-hmm. I was in Thailand, and it was, just a, it was just all kinds of bad. Yeah. I don't think I had felt that kind of rock bottom since then. Yeah. You know, and it was all on me. Yeah. The time before was because of circumstances, right? Yeah. But this one was... Choices yeah. just purely you made. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting those times Mm -hmm. and spaces of, you know, when life kind of throws you into that space. And then yes, you had these choices that you made that brought you there. And, and I think there is a lot of like anger and shame and guilt that Mm -hmm. can come with that too. Totally. Totally. Shame, especially, yeah you know, being somebody who I was always um, very proud of the fact that I had this really good job in the corporate world that I left but then found my way to to being a well-respected teacher mm-hmm. doing what I did in New York City which is a hugely saturated market yeah I always was and then I wrote a book yeah. you know I was always very um proud of the fact that I was out there doing things so to then go from that to feeling utterly lost Mm -hmm. and like I didn't have any kind of traction yeah I think that was the biggest thing that there felt like there was no traction yeah and there was a lot of there was a lot of how did I get here Mm -hmm. and it was all on me you know how did I get here and a lot of shame that Mm -hmm. I wasn't participating Mm -hmm. in that way yeah you know yeah, and I feel like you were carrying the expectation of what you used to do because your yep. life was now being also a partner yep. and also in a whole nother location. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just not feeling grounded, it mm-hmm. sounds like, of yep. understanding, you know, your expectations for yourself and your intentions change yeah. within that, right? Yeah. For yourself and within the relationship you're yeah. in. And I had looked at and it. And figuring that out. I had known it. Yeah. You know, while I was while I was going through it in the very beginning, at least I was like, "Oh well, this is a huge transition. This is a huge." I knew it mentally, yeah. but there's an energy that goes with that, mm-hmm. and there is a, a period of time that you need to allow yourself to. You do need to fully let go, and you need to allow yourself to fully let go of what you were. And I don't think until I had that night in the basement that I hadn't fully let go. Yeah. Because I hadn't. 
Yeah. I hadn't fully let go of teaching training, mm-hmm. right? And that was my security bank blanket. That was my thing that I was good at it. Yeah. People, people wanted me to do it. Mm-hmm. I could make money doing it. Mm-hmm. So there was no reason for me to not do it, except that I know that it's not the thing I'm meant to do yeah. anymore. It's right? not your purpose anymore. Right. And even though I was saying, you know, I had started coaching people while I was teaching training still, and I was doing really well with that and everything, but teaching training... I knew I was letting go of it, but then, like I said, I had another thing that I had to plan for, Mm -hmm. and so it really wasn't until the end of that, and then you have kind of the afterglow of that, Mm -hmm. right? So it didn't really hit me until maybe two months later, Yeah, and that was when it really, the bottom really fell out. So it's... I've made some pretty big jumps in my life mm-hmm. and they've always, and I'm always amazed that I, that I, like, especially leaving, leaving my job, leaving the corporate world, mm-hmm. I was making six figures there. Yeah. I had an office, I had an assistant, I had, yeah. you know, I, it was a very lucrative position. And I still look at that now. I'm like, how the hell did you have the guts to do that? <laughs> but I, I did it. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with moving to Virginia. Yeah. You know? It is interesting to look back and say that, you know, but yeah. you probably at that time thought there were, you had no other choice. I had you... created in my mind that, yeah, I had no other choice. And I don't yeah. think that I did. Yeah. Um, and I think that you take those, and everybody has them. Everybody mm-hmm. has the things that they do that they look back. I mean, good Lord, a woman having a child. Yeah. You have to look back and say, how the hell did I do that? Yeah. You know, but then you do look at that. And, you, and that's one of the main things that's one of the beginning modules of the course mm-hmm. is for, them, for women to look at in every decade of their life, in their backstory, every decade of their life, and look at the good, Mm-hmm. the bad and the ugly yeah right so those embarrassing moments those humiliations those moments. And stuff, because those are the things you know the the dark stuff we know no mud no lotus right yeah you don't grow in happy easy breezy times yeah you grow when the shit's up and so I'm in the space now having gone through that kind of really dark period of time feeling very energized and very excited to get this out to women. Yeah. And so you you made it very clear that it is for women. Do you think that men can benefit yes. too? I think men can do it. The reason and why I did it for women... And also the age group too, because I listen to you and I'm thinking I could do it too, but you know I'm not what? quite there Anybody yet. Anybody actually could do it. Yeah. I have it for the age range that I'm really targeting is from, let's say, 40 to 55, 60. Okay. Because those are, that's the, the third act phase that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. I have some women who have already expressed interest in it mm-hmm. who are retiring, mm-hmm. so who are doing it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely men can do it. Mm-hmm. I just made it really pretty for women because, <laughs> because what I wanted it to be... For marketing purposes. Yeah, yeah, well, when I thought about it, and when I thought about it from a branding standpoint... yeah. When I do something, when I'm 
when I was writing the book, when I was creating this, what are the things that are important to me? It's really important to me that I have a clean, open space, mm-hmm. right? That I don't have a lot of clutter. And so what I really wanted to create for women was a space of sanctuary mm. and a space where they feel that they can go and they can do this work and it's just bright and it's pretty. So each module has a different like set of flowers that's associated with it. Okay. And it's just pretty. Yeah. And so, yes, a man could definitely do it. There's not a lot that that's specific to women necessarily. I just, just chose women because of... that's just what I am. Yeah. Right? And that is your ideal client. I mean, yeah. when you do when you do your marketing and work on the branding, mm-hmm. that is kind of what you think about is yeah. who is your ideal client and that is your ideal client, yeah. but uh, it sounds like the the tools that you have anybody really can benefit from yes. it woman man and even well I guess you just said my my age I fell into that age group mm-hmm. well but younger <laughs> but could and I think I, actually, I could I could yeah. have done that in my thirties and yes. still yeah. felt because there is I mean and what we were just talking about before we got on here is that especially I think women we are constantly reinventing ourselves yeah. Yeah. and there is sort of that thing that we were just saying of, you know, I have this tendency and you were saying you do too, of mm-hmm. how we reinvent ourselves, but we kind of forget about that old person. Totally. Yeah. And I think there are certain aspects that, yeah, we mm-hmm. should sort of let shed away. Like yeah. you were saying, like let go of the teacher training aspect mm-hmm. of you, but mm-hmm. you had so much that basically molded you to be who you are totally. right here and yeah. what you're offering now. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to I guess, have those checkpoints, you know, throughout your life. I have to say... It sounds like this is a checkpoint. In When I, like I said, I brought myself through, and the reason why I brought myself through, especially the workbooks after I created them, was my primary reason for doing that was to make sure that it was a smooth process for mm-hmm. anybody who was going through it. Yeah. But especially with the first module, with the backstory, which is when you look at the previous decades and the good, the bad, the ugly... And then you come up with an attribute that each of those decades gave you, and then we do work with that. I was really surprised because I brought myself through it, and there were things that either I had forgotten about Mm. or that I hadn't really looked at in a while. And some of it wasn't comfortable at all. Mm -hmm. But when I finished that process... I had a sense of the rich experience that is Jean Marie Paolillo. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like, yeah, I'm all that. Literally, I am all that. <laughs> and it gave me a great sense of myself. It also, in a much deeper way, it also gave, gave me a great reverence mm-hmm. for everything that I had experienced. Yeah, You know, and I think that that's a really big thing that we don't allow ourselves to do. So true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the, that's the launching pad. Yeah. You know, when you can really look at who you are and really honor it, then you can really say, okay, well, what am I going to do with all of that now? Mm -hmm. It gives you so much more of a launching pad. Yeah. It gives you, it gives you your entire past. You know, for me, it's five and a half decades. Yeah. That's a lot of experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to do it. Mm-hmm. When is it available? I am going to have it out. I have a test group that I am sending it out to. All I have to finish up is the videos, which I'm okay. doing next week. And then I will launch it 
I believe it will be out for public purchase for the holidays. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll make sure that this is released before then so yes. people will know. And we'll have a little intro once you have those dates mm -hmm. and where to get it. Yeah. I'll have that set up in the intro Perfect. here and the outro too. Perfect. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you came up and so we got to yeah, spend this time. And I'm always excited to see what you're creating and being Thanks a part of it in some ways. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. So we've yeah. come a long, yeah. a long way. I mean, <laughs> I know. It's a long time. It has. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2005 or 2006. I, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because yeah. you were starting to do the teacher trainings around mm -hmm. then. You were in my 200 hour win. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> did I do or did I assist your You were assisting it. Assisting yeah, it was yeah. when it was still Alan, it was still um, yeah. Ishta and oh, Yoga wow. Works. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, well, I don't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 And I finished and I think. I, everybody in my class was going, like Celine, she was uh -huh. continuing on yeah. to do the 300 hour and, you mm -hmm. know, a couple of other people. And I said, no, but I'm going to wait until Jean Marie is a senior teacher yeah. and mentor with her. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> and I did. You did. Yeah. You did. So, great. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a great ride. Well, thanks. Honey. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate this. Yeah. 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 Um, so we'll have more information on you mm -hmm. coming soon. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed your time with Jean Marie. I always do love sitting down and talking to her. So if you're interested in learning more about Jean Marie's third act, right, creating the blueprint for your third act, you can visit her new website, mcmlplan.com. So that stands for the mid-century, mid-modern life plan. And, um, yeah, I, I tried it already. I've been kind of diving into it slowly. Um, I need I have a little bit more time next week to really dedicate to it. But just the little that I have done so far, I'm really excited. There's, there's lots to dig into. So go ahead and enjoy that uh, over at mcmlplan.com. And let us know. Let us know how you're enjoying it if you do sign up and, and what you think about this, this episode. We love to hear from you. I think next week I'm going to share a tool of um, from her Vibathon, her book that she released back in um, about six year, years ago now. So um, stay tuned for that. Okay, enjoy.